Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Hall. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. KC, good morning. How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Where are you at in terms of where this team is headed based on the direction Billy Donovan provides? You know, I, I mean, there's been so many moments this season where you feel like they've turned that corner that I was just talking about, and then they just come up with a deflating loss. Trick down by Levine, seven seconds to go, and we have a travel on Zach Levine oh, no. with 7.6 seconds to go. Oh, no! And this ball game is over. You have got to be kidding me. We can't sugarcoat this at all, folks. This is a punch to the gut. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw, 5.30 till 10 a.m. What's up, bro? On 6.70 The Score. I mean, I, I'm, I'm lost for words. I really am. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6.70 The Score. Unbelievable, absolutely horrific loss for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, David, they had that game one in the first half. And then what was that in the second? Another one of these third-quarter meltdowns, and I think they allowed 70 points in the second half of that game at Indy. How do you do that? Boy, was that hard to watch. I can imagine Chuck sounded as frustrated as anybody trying to describe it. Everybody listening or watching understood the way he felt. Mully, I I think that we – you're frustrated, but I don't know if we're terribly surprised. This is who the Bulls have become. Yeah. Asking Casey the question yesterday, as you heard him, like this was almost the the scenario you you found easy to envision. This is this is the the 2022-2023 Chicago Bulls, predictably unpredictable and consistently inconsistent. Yeah, you know, they, we've seen this before. I mean, this movie has happened. We have seen what is um a team that can that can dominate and that you feel good about, and then the next thing you know, they come out and they have that absolute horrible quarter. The 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 um the the entire second half was just painful to watch. It was shocking. Really, you can't. What was it? It was like a sixteen to two run or something, bridging the end of the. Second quarter, I I can't look at that as jet lag. I can't look at that as <laughs> as the schedule coming back to that. 
that I know it's the second game of a back-to-back, but goodness gracious, they just stopped playing. They just got cold as ice. If there was any psychological impact, it was because maybe the Bulls went into this game almost preparing themselves to have a letdown. Right. And in the first half, it wasn't there. And you don't know. We're grasping at straws here because there's just so hard to figure out. But in the first half, they looked like they were – the team that had turned the corner and things yep. were going to be different now. And then the second half, it all came back to them. It's so frustrating to watch Zach Levine specifically playing through whatever he's trying to play through. He'll tell you that it's his finger. He'll tell you that it hasn't bothered him, but it clearly has. Something's wrong when a guy doesn't score in the fourth quarter, when a guy has seven turnovers and makes the kind of decisions that he is now consistently making when he is impaired by that hand or finger or whatever the case may be, it's getting in the way. It's getting in the way. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, frankly, we have seen this kind of performance from this team, and I think that we were hoping, and, I, and it's an absurd hope, I suppose, now in retrospect, that somehow traveling together, the, the communication, everybody had all the right answers. Everybody had the reasons they were playing better and how things were going to change and this was going to be the Celtics of life. This is a <laughs> terrible loss, David. This is just a bad loss against a team you gotta you gotta be able to beat and you gotta be better than. And they were significantly better than early, and then you let up seventy points. I, I mean, teams can get hot shooting. But that was some really bad basketball. Well, There's no way around. It was it. so bad that I think. When you fast forward, and let's say we're coming back in here Monday, and we're talking about the Bulls responding to this terrible loss in Indy with two straight victories over teams they frankly should beat, yeah, we're not going to know what to believe in again because right. they, they very conceivably could win three out of the four games this week, a four-game and six-day stretch that we talked about. They could go three and one, and we could focus on the one because it's hard to erase the memory of how bad that was and that somehow gets that gets your attention, and it screams louder at you about revealing who they are than three victories over teams they should really be anyway. Yeah, and I, and I mean it's hard not to look at Zach with 14 points, and as you say, none in the fourth quarter. And we kind of talked about it yesterday. How you know was he going to have the energy on the back to back? Was he going to improve? significantly and that that was the kind of game that you needed him to be one of the guys to carry them and uh, and and there's just no energy there um it, it's so frustrating it's just so frustrating you needed max zach you didn't need yeah. minimum uh, energy yeah that's that really you're right but think about that you, you cannot have a game that you take off when you are making what he's making the status that he wants to achieve, you just don't take nights off and you don't have excuses for games where you don't fourth score in the fourth quarter. And that would be one thing, but the turnovers. He doesn't protect the basketball and he doesn't really handle it in a way that gives you any confidence he's going to make the right decision. So that's what I mean. If he can't handle the ball any better because of that finger or hand, sit him. Yeah. Give him give him time off until it heals, and you can count on him again. Yeah, it, it is. I got to tell you, um, it, it's really it, it's just deflating. After uh, you know they they won a few games, they needed to stack wins. They had the game won. 
they they were they were the dominant team, and it was they got their big three, all of them playing well. You get to halftime, and you're feeling really good about that game. And goodness gracious, what a what a uh, screeching halt this season, and uh, and whatever feel good you had came to just a screeching halt. This is a punch to the gut. Oh, chuck. that hurts. Yeah. So Zach says, if he's healthy enough, I'll play. And you respect that out of every professional athlete. You respect that attitude. But I think at some point in time, the team's got to figure out that this might not be going so well because if he is indeed impaired by this, then you want to get in front of this. And I just don't know how you let him go out there if he's ineffective. I know you – you want to you have to strike a balance there team leader tough guy but molly he's not helping the cause when he's out there turning the ball over you think maybe uh the 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 mike clevenger news uh was <laughs> released at halftime to the bulls or something i mean and they just stopped cold is that uh is that what happened that, well, that i got to tell you that the, that story yesterday david there are moments when you hear a story where you just you rush to the garage just so you can slam your head in the – you can slam the door of the car on your head because that's what that felt like. That was – you want to talk about a kick. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, that's a very bad development for the White Sox. It's disappointing in a lot of ways. It's troubling when you see the details, and it's something that they have to try now. Uh, I don't want to say it's, it's easy to suggest get in front of this. They're not going to get in front of this. They're way behind – they now have to address this in a way that doesn't have anything to do with due diligence, which we really don't suspect they did here. They've got to address this in a way that means that, that tells their fans that trust they asked for at the beginning of this offseason that they're actually going to follow through with that. I really felt it was odd timing when they signed Clevenger in retrospect. Like, wow, where did that come from? Why did that happen as quickly as it did? It, it was just an odd one. It, it was just a very weird kind of thing. And, um, and you know, you look at the White Sox, it's not like this is the guy that's determining whether or not they, um, they're going to have a season or anything. It's not like he's the ace of the staff. But this is a guy that they went out and they got and they completed kind of their pitching staff. And you felt like – there were there, you know, you could even get another pitcher, frankly, and you worried that they didn't have a lot in AAA, and you just were concerned about where the pitching staff is. But they got this guy, and he's been successful before. And it turns out that they found out about a week after they signed him that he was under investigation. Why didn't they do something at that point? Well, that's a great question, and you're right to point out some of the baseball elements of this and where he fits in the rotation or is projected to. But we both know that this goes well beyond wherever he was penciled into the rotation. When you bring him into your organization, regardless of the role, and then you find out after the fact that MLB is investigating him for allegations made by a woman who accused him of physical and emotional abuse toward the three children and their two mothers, herself included, as according to the athletic story, and then you f- then you see some of the other evidence, which all you Ugh. need is no- to know how to use Google and social media. Molly, this is troubling, and you're right. 
they may not have known about it before they signed him, and there might be reasons they later explain that that help us understand that better. But they're really, until we hear otherwise, there's no excuse for not trying to address this sooner than they have had to address it. I, I is there? Listen, okay. I don't want to see this guy play for the Chicago White Sox. I, I mean, just say it personally. I don't. I wouldn't want to see this guy uh, walk out onto the mound representing the Chicago White Sox. The, the story, you know, okay, there's an investigation ongoing, etc. It's an awful story. And and did you see the? There's like some visual evidence yes. that was released with that, it. That's what I'm referring something. to. Yeah, it makes your skin crawl. Um, and and you you see something like that, I don't I don't. Uh, why why didn't they go sign another pitcher and then just wait until they had to deal with this one? Why did they do something that let you know that they were getting in front of it in terms of just the baseball stuff? Hey, you know, don't worry. This story's come out. We, we you know, Major League Baseball apparently is not allowed. To, to tell anyone about an ongoing investigation. It's in the rule book, whatever. But once you get wind of that, don't you make whatever moves you make to make sure that you've got yourself covered? Because clearly you're not just waiting for this to be it's some sort of resolution with baseball. This is a larger issue story, and, uh, and I'm just disappointed it's not a question of whether or not they did their due diligence. I'm not going to get after them about not knowing this before the fact. But the minute you find out about it, cover yourself from a baseball perspective and get ready to get ready to launch. Yeah, I think so. I think the the, the fact about the due diligence, we'll find those things out. There might be some players' union and privacy issues that, yeah. that prevent us from ever finding out exactly what they knew. But I, I would submit this to – Mo, is that when you look at re- researching somebody who you're about to pay $12 million to, or when you when you talk about adding someone to your organization or less to your show, to your office, to whatever the case may be, to represent you as an organization, I've got to think that it's within your power to do a little bit more research or to, you know, regardless of what they're limited by, regardless of what they can say now, it doesn't take a super sleuth to find out that Mike Clevenger, whose close friend was Trevor Bauer right. and was involved with the woman who was uh, making the accusations against Trevor Bauer and had some of the same types of suggestions, you should have been aware that there might be some issues that might arise and find out a little bit more about that. Now, does, is that a fair accusation or expectation from the White Sox? I think we'll find out later, but what we know now is that they want they want us to give them the benefit of the doubt, and they have done nothing to earn it. So, yeah, the, yeah. what do you do now? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I you know, again, the only thing you can do is to kind of wait and see, and uh, and you're but but even whatever you see, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not the moral police jumping in here. Uh, if a guy is uh, you know stepping outside his marriage or anything like that. I don't know that I don't know that that is um is going to be uh precluding you from signing him. 
But it, apparently there was some scumbags in Cleveland uh, is the only thing you kind of take a, a, away from it. Now, this is a, an entirely different matter. This is not, this is not a moral issue about the, you know, the bonds of matrimony. This is about um, abusing a woman, ab- abusing a child. Did you see one of the claims is that he threw his jaw at, at the kid? 10-month-old baby? Are you kidding me? What kind of... I mean, that is just... I, 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 that just makes my skin crawl. And it, it really makes you wonder about um, what's going on in the world. Seriously, I, 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 I found that detail to be horrific. And there's all sorts of details that are probably worse than that. But, but I got to tell you, it just made my stomach hurt. And it made me... I, I don't ever want to see this guy pitch for the White Sox. I just don't. He doesn't have to either. Yeah. He doesn't have yeah. to. They they right. have uh, power here. They have they have control yeah. of that. And and they did yeah. issue a statement where it said Major League Baseball and the White Sox take any and all allegations yes. very seriously. The White Sox are completely supportive of the joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. But you want to make a real statement, then he'll he won't wear a White Sox uniform. And I don't think anybody uh, would would question that move now. Right. You don't have to wait to make that move or you don't have to move forward with him as part of your plans. Right. Right. You look at the Trevor Bauer situation in, in LA. He was never charged. He was never convicted. It, 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 baseball has a different set of standards. It's a clubhouse, not a courtroom. Right, and if you look at that precedent, you don't need you you don't need to wait if you are Jerry Reinsdorf, Kenny Williams, and Rick Hahn. I just don't understand why they didn't kind of cover themselves and move on. I, I that's what you know. I I think you should always operate. Um, okay, if if this guy is were they worried about tipping off that they hadn't really they'd signed the wrong guy? Well, I don't know what it would be. But you know, you let you let other people go that you could have used, and it, to me, you compartmentalize the situation. You've got to wait for Major League Baseball, and they've got a policy, but you also have to cover your team from a baseball standpoint, and make sure that that uh, that you're not in a position where you would need someone. If, like let's say they were uh, they were allowed to uh, to to play, which I. I would be very um, uncertain about, frankly. But let's say that they are allowed to, that that Mike Clevenger is available. Mm-hmm. I'd rather pay him off than put him on the mound. There's That's no just, doubt about that. Yeah, no question. There's no question about that. Yeah. What do so, you stand for? What do you want to right. stand for as an organization? You you exactly. gonna you got to have that conversation right now. If you haven't had it already, knowing yeah. this was coming, you've got to decide that and, and do do what. Is, comes next, and it's a tough call perhaps to make, or in some cases, some people would say it's a very easy one. You can't let him represent your organization on the mound. Yeah, it's again, it's another it's another White Sox offseason story. I guess, I guess it's a really good idea that they did not have a um, a, a fan convention or whatever, <laughs> right? I mean, honestly, it's just. I'm sure they had their reasons, and I know that they, they, uh, they blamed COVID, and that's fine, and uh, it's good enough reason. But um, 
goodness gracious. Well, it, it's it's just it's just it's unfortunate awful. because of number one, it's a very serious matter, and secondly, as it pertains to the White Sox, it's again a time in the organization's kind of uh, growth or th- this off season was supposed to be about the new manager, the new culture, the new way of looking at things and new energy in the building. And this feels very old and familiar. And this feels like being blindsided by more news that you didn't know after feeling good about something. It reminds you of that, you know, remember after they hired Tony La Russa, shocked the world with that move. And then how long after that did we find out that he had been arrested with a DUI and that it changed the entire tone of that hire and any enthusiasm you felt over that move you just felt like what are the White Sox doing here and here we go again you sign Mike Clevenger you make the baseball justifications and arguments and now this yeah it's uh it's it's rough I mean it's just a bad 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 turn of events it's it's the very difficult stuff to read I mean you know it's one thing maybe you didn't communicate with a guy and he doesn't understand his role and that happens and you're kind of like, wow, how did, how did you let that happen? But this is a completely different, a completely uh, – this is just really bad. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. It, it is – it's just disappointing. At some level, you, you got to wonder if you're ever going to deal with the root issues if, if you're – if this is the way you're running your operation, there's something wrong with the way you're running your operation. Yeah, I, I, you have to have standards, and you, and you have to make tough decisions. And and this is uh, – all eyes are on the White Sox now because it's their move. I mean, I know they have to wait. I know yeah. they have to uh, probably be patient here, but they have to be exploring uh, an, an exit strategy here as it pertains to Mike Clevenger and, and the White Sox because they don't have more than a one-year commitment to him. Oh, it's nothing. And it's it's something they could easily address. And, again, they have precedent in the major because look what the Dodgers just did. And it's not the same situation, but look what the Dodgers just paid $22 million to make Trevor Bauer go away. And so you can can buy your way, uh, buy some respectability back, I suppose, by getting rid of somebody who you don't want to represent your organization. Yeah, and and you know maybe that will yet happen, but I mean it's just I, I mean, and I I think that MLB ought to look at that policy. You know, if if there's a player that is a free agent, where there's a thing like this, uh, no doubt that information they because you you know or or you know let them pay it, but allow them to I don't know what I I. It's awful. Well, imagine that, that this exists. Imagine being Rick Hahn or Kenny, or being in the Sox organization, and uh, knowing what's ahead, and finding this out that he's un- the subject of this investigation that you your due diligence didn't uncover because maybe right. there were protections in place. I would be furious at the system. I would be furious yeah. at the people involved with MLB. And I would do everything I could to try to get that changed, no matter how. If you're going to invest that kind of money into a player, you'd like to know if he's the subject of an investigation into domestic abuse. Right, right. It's a low bar. It's it's a very low bar. And, um, man, I mean, it's just a – it's – there's – I can't think of any element of this story 
that is good. I can't think of a single element of it. Just, you know, just your association with this guy one way or another. You know, if if you're the the uh, the San Diego Padres, I can't think of any positive that would come out of it other than the guy leaving. I can't think of anything for MLB that was is to be gained or it's a, you know I, I mean I get it you know everyone is entitled to to uh, their day in court etc. But boy is this an unpleasant one. And our guy James Fox texts in eight one five says. Uh, if the White Sox release Clevenger right now, they owe him $12 million. It's not going to happen, unfortunately. Right. Well, I know they owe him. I, I, I just, but, I, I, I'm just saying that you, you, there's going to come a price for this. But what I'm saying is this happened. You find out about it. Then you go out and make another signing because you know this guy's not – you know what I'm saying? You And if everybody starts hinting – ducking around trying to figure out why you're doing it, I'm sure that it would happen fairly quickly. You don't just sit there and wait for this horrible secret to emerge. It, it, I, I'm I'm so utterly disappointed. And uh, and thank you, James. I'm a fan of your work. And I, I just there this is a different level of, of disappointment. And it, and it it's not it's not the Sox fault, whatever due diligence. It's just ugh. It just makes your skin crawl. There's no way around it. It, it, it costs the Dodgers $22 million to rid themselves of Trevor Bauer. Yeah. If you're going to – Good investment. Well, it, exactly. And sometimes this is the cost of uh, of representing the organization the way you want it represented. I, I'm not saying it's a, the ideal situation or solution, but it should be on the table. And and I got to be honest with you, you know, until you see what happened, until you get details of it, maybe you're kind of well. Let's see what. Ha-. There's no let's see in my world. Not with this one. I'm sorry. It's just again, if that makes me baseball stupid, I stand uh, proud of of that stance. Because uh, good God, is you know. Well, we'll continue to talk about yeah, it, Molly, because we'll it's, it, it's a long show. we got the pick six coming up, I'm but sorry. this is not yeah. going anywhere. And it is a disturbing uh, story, and it's something that's uncomfortable to talk about, but it's something that we have to address. All right, we've got the pick six. We're going to get into the stories of the day. It's Molly and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. So jet lag really did hit the Bulls, or how else to explain that inexplicable unraveling in Indy? How do you blow a 21-point lead to the Pacers without star Halliburton? How do you forgive giving up 70 points in the second half? How do you explain six turnovers in the fourth quarter? <laughs> you okay? I love, I, love, uh, I love that Zach said, uh, he said, uh, you know, something along the lines of, uh, you know, we played a great first half, terrible second half, even worse fourth quarter. What have they gone to overtime? Would they not have scored a bucket? Like what? I mean, they were it, it, they were getting worse as the game went on. They they somehow got to the half with a decent lead, but it had already started to slip, and then they just got absolutely uh, destroyed in the second half. It what? It was just shocking to watch. And and Billy uh, Donovan, uh, you know, it's a multitude of things. It, it's not one thing. I, you know. I suppose Zach is kind of a convenient scapegoat for the whole thing because he literally didn't score in the fourth quarter but um, and had turnovers. But that one just got away from him. I mean, I, you know, there are worse things going on in the world. I can't get over – but it was, it was just shocking to watch. Like, it was – and we've seen this tale. We've seen them go into halftime and come back out like, hey, what is this thing? What are we supposed to do with like they didn't understand the purpose of the sport? So so am I understanding oh. this correctly, Molly, the White Sox bad news is helping you process the Bulls bad you play. Know, totally true. Okay. I was I was much more angry about it last <laughs> night until I thought about this other well, story and I'm like, yeah, well Silver Lining. Co- comparatively nothing wrong. Oh no. Gut punch. That that was that was awful. And and, and Zach Levine saying he's not making excuses, but then telling us to remind us that, oh, by the way, I'm playing with a bad hand. Oh, by the way, I'm playing with a bad finger. Okay, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want him out there. I want the $200-plus million man on the court. But he was 0 for 7 from three-point distance. He had four turnovers in the fourth quarter. He had seven turnovers in the game. Go to the basket and try to draw a foul if you can't shoot. If he also has a hand issue, then should he be the guy that Billy Donovan puts the ball in his hand 
Which figure is it, Dustin? I, I don't know. I, I have one for Mike Clevenger, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So to pull the curtain back a little bit, let the let the listeners in as as uh, for our for our listeners as as Wani likes to say, last night in the first half at the I think it was around halftime I sent the, our list of questions in about the you know the the stories of the day and, and my contributions. This was the Bulls question. Now that the Bulls have won four straight, at what point can we start to feel good about the season again and believe they can keep improving enough to be a factor in the playoffs? <laughs> wow, was I stupid. I believed in the first half. I believed they were on the right track. I believed everything that everybody watching the Bulls thought they were seeing. And then we were reminded, whether it was Zach or whether it was a combination of things, they got flat, they got sloppy, they couldn't protect the basketball. They are consistently inconsistent and predictably unpredictable. That was the Pacers. That's not the Celtics. That's not the Bucks. That's not the Heat. They, they can't beat these teams they should beat. Now, I, I do want to – I like your approach, Mully. It's not as bad as it could be. And, hey, after two more victories this week, maybe Monday morning we'll be coming in and saying, hey, the Bulls are back. Well, okay, next question. The voice of Ozzie Guillen, 725, a guest here on the Mully and Haw Show on 670 The Score. Will pitcher Mike Clevenger ever take the mound for the White Sox? After word that MLB has opened up an investigation into the player for domestic abuse and child abuse, according to The Athletic. The investigation was underway when the Sox signed him to that one-year $12 million deal, but the team didn't learn about it until a week later. Should MLB be allowed to caution a team, or was that any kind of failure on the White Sox part? I'll withhold judgment on the final part of that question. We don't know to what extent they did try to find these things out with with uh, Mike Clevenger's past. It's not that hard to find things related to his past, to find out his best friend was Trevor Bauer. He was involved with the woman who was making the accusations against Trevor Bauer. That alone doesn't disqualify him from being pursued as a free agent, but it would raise a red flag in my book, and I think it'd merit a conversation. Maybe they had him. Let's wait and see. There should be something that allows MLB teams to know which players and which which potential free agents are under investigation. As for the White Sox, they came into this offseason and Rick Hahn was vowing to regain the trust of Sox fans. This is no way to do that. Keeping Clevenger after all of this has come to the surface is no way to do that. You want to regain your trust, it's going to cost you $12 million. That is the price of making a statement. That is the price of maybe your PR campaign, that you care about the players representing the organization you care about the fans and that trust vow is real not imagined in this major league climate you don't have to have charges and the threshold is very different than it is in the court of law where you are innocent until proven guilty you can make different presumptions as a major league baseball executive and frankly i hope the white Sox do i do not want to see mike clevenger represent that team on the south side Fans deserve better. The team deserves better. The city deserves better. I think as we sit here right now, there's no reason moving forward why he should be in a White Sox uniform on opening day. David, there's no reason that he should be in a White Sox uniform tomorrow or today or yesterday. November 27th, they signed Mike Clevenger. According to the report, they knew, they being the White Sox, knew a week later. We are two days away from January the 27th. So they've known for 50 days about this, roughly. 
and now the athletic has blown the top off of it, I do feel that there probably is some kind of um, laws against MLB telling the White Sox exactly what he's being investigated for. But I'm sure, I sure think it would be fair for them to tell all the teams that there is an investigation going on, right? And then you bring the guy in and his agent in, and you say, all right, you want to give us your side of the story here, Mike? Now, maybe that has happened, but they didn't tell us that. The White Sox haven't told us that. There's no, there's no reason that Mike Clevenger is a White Sox for one more second. And every minute that goes by is a bigger embarrassment to that organization, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a really, really bad story. There's a really dark story. This is um, this is some sort of weird cautionary tale. I, I don't know what the hell's going on with the White Sox. This is a different level. This is not, you know, frustration over not getting a, this play or that play or feeling there's a hole. This is, this is like hole-in-your-heart type stuff. I mean, this is really – this is just bad. This is a bad story. Um, I guess there's nothing you can do but wait until it is uh, concluded. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy they didn't have a fan convention. I'm happy there aren't photos uh, of the guy being cheered uh, wearing a White Sox uniform and something I don't think is going to happen. And um, I'd be really surprised if, uh, if he ever lined up for the White Sox. So I'm just going to. I'm going to hold my tongue, and uh, and hopefully they uh, uh, they don't uh, do anything that would embarrass them further. Pick six. What did you make of Scott Rowland being the only player who met the criteria for election into Baseball's Hall of Fame? Are you satisfied that Burley will stay on the ballot for at least another year after receiving uh, a 10% of the vote? Who do you think was the most egregious oversight i think if you're letting Roland in todd helton probably had a bad run yeah you know it probably wasn't they seem like similar players i i you know david you'll be able to address this because i know you've done the research i don't think of scott Roland as a hall of famer i think of him as another hall of very good um, and I think that it's weird that he's the lone representative out of this class. I am delighted that Mark Burley remains on the ballot. And I think as time passes that uh, Burley's accomplishments will be perceived differently. So I think it's an important vote to keep him on the ballot because he deserves uh, further scrutiny as, uh, as the years go on and as his accomplishment is uh, – is fairly um, is fairly obviously viewed differently. So I'm I'm delighted about Burley. I'm a little I'm a little confused about how you separate Roland and uh, and the other guy. I just it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't hear Scott Roland's name and, and think Hall of Famer. Right. Uh, I think Hall of Very Good. He's right there. He's on the cusp. But I, I think you need to dominate my, my personal. I think you need to dominate your position for a decade. You need to be the best at what you do for at least a decade. And Roland was close, but I don't know that he was the best for a decade. I, I, I don't think anybody, honestly, the names that are there, I don't think any of those guys 
scream Hall of Fame to me. I'm glad Burley's still getting talked about, but Burley, again, with all due respect, and it's not because right. he's a White Sox, he doesn't scream Hall of Fame to me. I and voted I, for him, though. I know you did, I, and, and, I think, and, I think, and I think you needed Questions. to do that. I, I think, you know, I th- there's some duty to that, potentially. I'm not a baseball writer of America, obviously. Um, but I, I'm going to defer. I, I, I want to give you more time to talk no. here because I, I think this is something very interesting, and you do have a vote. Well, I want to push back a little bit because I, I see this a lot. The Hall of Very Good, and, boy, Scott Rowland's name doesn't jump off the page and says, oh, I need to go see him play, or he's got a Hall of Famer. Look, we, we evaluate baseball differently than we did before when we were kids, when we were younger. We have, a, we have tools in place. We have the, the, the power to look at the game differently, to evaluate things down to the decimal point. And I'm not a Mr. Analytics guy, but with Scott Rowland, you have to use what's at your disposal. There are only three third basemen in Major League history that have more gold gloves than Scott Rowland's eight. This is the guy that had, over time had an 846 OPS or better eight straight seasons, something no other third baseman in history has done. He's in the category when you look at the analytics with the Mike Schmitz of the world. This is a guy who has, uh, you know, he's compared with Adrian Beltre. He's going, he's probably going to go in. He's the ninth again uh, among third basemen all time in war, a stat that we now use regularly. Scott Rowland's credentials don't, don't require an apology. His status does, his prestige maybe, but just because he doesn't doesn't strike you as a guy that's a superstar doesn't mean he doesn't belong to be immortalized. And as far as guys who didn't get in, Todd Helton's in a very similar situation. I could re- recite his stats too. I voted for him as well. He was 11 votes shy. That's a shame. I think that's a real shame because you could make the justification. Fred McGriff's going in? Goodness sakes, if Fred McGriff is in, after one of those uh, Jerry Reinsdorf type of voting processes, then Todd Helton deserves to be in too. And Scott Rowland made it by five votes. So obviously it was a very uh, close discussion. Does that answer the question? What is your read on the wild line movement in the AFC title game with the Bengals going from a two-and-a-half-point underdog to a two-and-a-half-point favorite at some books? Patrick Mahomes has never been an underdog in 12 playoff games. Is this concern for Mahomes' ankle injury, or is it a reaction to Joe Burrow and the Bengals' impressive victory in Buffalo over the Bills? I think everybody's going to interpret it the way they want to interpret it. It tells me that the Sharps, as they say, the people who are making these bets and understand what's going on, maybe in a way that that, because they study it for a living, I don't know, but they don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to play on that high ankle sprain. And I think that is probably insightful, accurate, and something that's a reasonable expectation. He, he is Superman. We get it. When he, when he can throw the ball at different angles and off one foot and jump and this and that, but he is not capable of overcoming a high ankle sprain, a six-week injury in six days. I'd be shocked if he is... I, I guess at this point, I'm almost surprised if he would play four quarters. I don't want to say he's not going to start. I might be surprised. I don't know how I would bet that way. And if I can't guarantee that he's going to play four quarters, I understand why the line might move this way. I think it has more to do with Patrick Mahomes' uncertainty than Joe Burrow's legacy. Well, David, I think that's a good answer. I think everybody's going to interpret it differently. I think the line moved the way it did because, as you said, some sharp money and some it had to be big money 
to make the, the point spread flip from two and a half one way to two and a half the under, other way. Right now at Bet Rivers, it sits at one and a half. The Bengals are a one and a half point favorite at, at this moment. Now, that doesn't mean there's not other shops, as people like to say, that have it at two and a half. And Joe O will be here at 645, and we can get his opinion on that because that's what he really focuses in on. But uh, I, I'll tell you what, I don't want the points. I don't need the points, but I take the two and a half. Give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at Arrowhead on Sunday. You'll hear it here on the score. But maybe, you know, maybe David and, and Mully, the, the reason that the line moved this way is because Coach Wanstead yesterday with you guys ah. said he was all in on the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Right? He's, I, I, Juan is, I, Juan, Coach Wanstead said he is all in. I think he said, I'm all over them. I think that was the exact quote. So maybe Wanstead moved the line. I got to tell you, I, I have heard that from a lot of different people. I, I talked to a friend of mine yesterday who likes to wager, and he said he thought that uh, Cincinnati win by two scores. And I was I was kind of flabbergasted. Patrick Mahomes is 6-1-1 one one career as an underdog. And part of that is he's never an underdog, right? Certainly never in the playoffs. And the idea that, uh, that you get to a home game in the playoffs that you've had a bye week and you're an underdog that that tells me that the ankle injury is really the center of this conversation and uh the feeling is after watching him i don't think it's i think it's you know joe burrow looked great and they did an unbelievable job of going into uh buffalo and winning that game but i think if patrick mahones isn't hopping around against the uh uh, the Jags, I don't think we would be having this conversation right now. So I think it's entirely a reaction to the injury. And I don't know who knows what or anybody has a clue about it. But, I, you know, just on the surface of it, high ankle sprain, that's a guy compromised. That is not really a reaction to Patrick Mahomes, but the loss of him. It's a hard question, and I'm trying to avoid it for as long as possible. That's the voice of Dan Weeder. 8 o'clock, he'll be here with Mully and Haw. Speaking of the Chiefs, if it was your call, would you start Patrick Mahomes despite a high ankle sprain, or would you go with 37-year-old veteran Chad Henney? Would not having Mahomes be better than losing him in-game? Would starting Henney force the Chiefs to play laser-focused? Boy, that is a really difficult question, frankly, because I think – you know, I think if it's a high ankle sprain and if he's going to play in the fashion in which he did the week before, and I think it's a high ankle sprain. And I think that, you know, by the end of the first quarter, he's going to be hopping around and he could get hurt. I I might go with Scott. I, I might go with uh, Chad Henney, excuse me. I, I might actually start the backup and, and just see what if – there's anything you can do. He led, what was that, like a 98-yard drive? I mean, it was – They he led them to a touchdown drive, and then they came back with uh, Mahomes. I understand how good Mahomes is. I understand how he is essential to what the Chiefs are doing. I do think if you started Henny, everybody on the roster would know, I got to catch this ball. I got to make this block. I got to – I think you would lose your security blanket – but it would just force everyone to play their best. It's a big moment to make a move like that. But if this guy is in as, as bad a shape as he was during that game and, and he's not going to have the adrenaline to bail him out 
He is, um, you know, he wouldn't come out of that game. That was one of the things that, that happened is that he just flat out refused. He claimed he was fine. He was mind over matter. I, I got to tell you, I, I would I would have to see the medical report, but I it would def, I, my mind would be open to not playing the quarterback if he had a high ankle sprain. Patrick Mahomes is going to be on the injury report all week long. He probably won't practice. He's not going to practice, yeah. All week long. Um, Chad Henney can take all the reps. That's fine. There's no shot that I would start Chad Henney in this game. Not, not, not a single shot unless the guy can't put any weight on it. He has been rehabbing every second. You know, he wasn't making reservations and going down to barbecue joints in Kansas City, you know, because he had a day off. Okay, like some uh, Bears players do when they have a day off instead of rehabbing. You know, he's been at the facility. He's not, you know, he he had Grubhub deliver him <laughs> dinner or he had his wife go get him dinner. Okay, he is putting every, they said after the game, he immediately went back to the facility, yeah. stayed late and started. Modern medicine is amazing. Okay, it's amazing. If they're not lying to us about what the MRI revealed, you put a shot of Toradol in the ankle, you tape the thing up properly. It was improperly taped. That trainer should go to school again for whatever it is to figure out how to tape an ankle up in a game. You start Patrick Mahomes because without Mully, as you put it, the security blanket, I think guys are going to come out flat and worried. So you start Patrick Mahomes. The good news is that you do have a guy like Chad Henney available if it doesn't go the way you want it to go. What, what would be worse, Dustin? Henney coming, Henney starting or, or Mahomes coming out of the game a quarter in? Henney starting. You know, I think it's an interesting conversation. We had it yesterday, Molly, and, and I, I saw your point of view, and I thought about it some more, and, and I don't think that I would want to show – any weakness if I'm Andy Reid and I don't think that I would want to open that door psychologically and I I think that there would be uh, maybe a, a heightened focus or you certainly would get that the intense intensity you're looking for if you start your backup because everybody would know they'd have to raise the level of their game at the same time I think there's almost like Patrick Mahomes is our leader and to see him going out there knowing he hasn't practiced all week knowing privately what he's had to overcome to do uh, to do this and put himself in this situation, that's also potentially inspiring if you're looking for an emotional edge. It also could be dangerous because I do think that going from Henny to Mahomes gives you a potential lift that is more real than maybe going from Mahomes to Henny, which would be deflating. So you're taking a calculated risk, but let's face it, you're taking a calculated risk by putting him in harm's way anyway in the AFC Championship game. It's not – I don't think there's any – Right or wrong answer. I know that sounds like a cop-out, but if I were making the decision or giving my contributions at that team meeting with Andy Reid and Bienemy and, oh, Matt Nagy, be you, Matt, I would say start Patrick Mahomes because that is our statement. It's going to be business as usual, and we're going to win this game. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> <laughs> SI Sports Illustrated reported this week that NFL owners this year and in the past seasons have discussed holding championship Sunday games at neutral sites similar to the college football playoff semifinals. If the Bills had beaten the Bengals and the AFC game would have been in Atlanta. So is it inevitable that that's coming now and that it's been broached? Are there any benefits besides the money? Well, it was a good story. Very well reported and obviously covered all the bases. 600 words or so could have been kind of conserved and reduced to just two 
money grab. That's all this would be. <laughs> money grab. And owners don't need more money. I don't know how you could deprive a team that does everything within its power, as hard as the NFL is, to give them the home field advantage and then take that away because you want to stage a bowl game at the NFL level before the Super Bowl. It's ridiculous to me. I, I don't see any logic in it, and I don't see any way that it should be supported by football people. Now, the owners, they want to make their cash? Fine. This gives us an, another opportunity. The league, maybe, is printing money. They want to make more? Okay, I get it. But this is not good for the game because I think if you, you, you look forward to having a reward for having the best record or having a better record than your opponent, and that should matter. The big game is already so corporate that it's almost impossible for real fans of these final four teams to actually go to Phoenix and go to the actual game. So that team that earned home field advantage, their fan, this is this is their kind of fans Super Bowl at their home and home field advantage means something. It should mean something because um, you're going to be playing potentially in elements in Kansas City this weekend. You're, you, you, that, that's a that's a real possibility. There could be there could be weather issues in Philadelphia. Also, that's a real possibility. So to have that game down in Atlanta might favor another team. Another team may be built to win in wintry conditions or unpleasant conditions in the postseason, and then you would take that away. The NFL doesn't need to go down to another city with a stadium to say, hmm, I wonder if this stadium could handle a Super Bowl, so let's put them through the motions and see if they can handle an NFC or AFC title game. You don't need to grow the game. Can the game get any bigger than it already is? Can the le- can the sport, can the league? So no, no, and no. Yeah, let's see. So you pay a PSI, you know, a public seat license to PSL to get – your uh, PSI is what? Is that the the, uh, the air in the ball? Yeah. Uh, you pay. Thanks, you, Tom. You, you were thinking yeah, Tom Brady you, you there. Talk, yeah. You want to talk about deflated? You pay for <laughs> your seat. You got people that you see all all the time. You get to know your neighbor, and uh, and you all kind of watch the game together. Everybody shows up. You do. But now you got to. We'll give you some seats. You get a lottery. Now you got to drive across the country or take a flight figure out a way to get a hotel are you kidding me like the only way you're going to have home field is if is by tapping further into the fan if if your team gets home field advantage it's a wonderful thing to go to a game knowing that if you can win it you go to the super bowl and then you got a decision to make about how much money you're going to pay to go and are we all going to go etc it, it is it is money grab on top of money grab it, it's just it kind of, it kind of, this is, you know, let me ask some. Let's say that the teams with home field advantage end up in the Super Bowl. Does that mean you got to end home field advantage? Does that mean anybody who had a bye week? You Why? To change that? Why? That's illogical, I mean, isn't it? it I, you I, earn it during the year. Exactly. You, you, and, Thank and, you. And, and you should be rewarded yes. for what you've done by having your home crowd support you. Otherwise, Mully, you'll see decisions made during the regular season you think are bad now. Home field will be even less important than it is now, and you'll you'll see decisions for, to play guys or not play guys reflecting that. I know some people already want to check in. 312-644-6767 is the number we have the extra point next. Mully and Hall on the score. Set up this extra point. 
It's time for the Extra Point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. As Aaron Rodgers drags out another decision about his future, is it worth noting that he's coming off one of his worst seasons at 39, having thrown his most interceptions in a decade, fewest yards in any year that he played in 15 games? If you were wondering about Tom Brady at 46, shouldn't we doubt how much Rodgers has left after 40? Hmm. Is either really missing peace for anybody? Only the teams that sign them or trade for them can answer that, but I would have some doubts. Tom Brady looked every bit of 46 or 45 in his last game, and I know he is the greatest. That won't take anything away from that label, but he's he's at a point where you wonder about his mobility, and the next hit he takes, will it be the last hard hit he takes? Aaron Rodgers did look like, whether it was he didn't spend enough time with his receivers or wasn't all fully invested emotionally, whatever the case may be, he did not look like the MVP caliber Aaron Rodgers that we had seen the two previous years. And I wonder what's next. Sometimes these falls can be quick and precipitous. They can be something you don't see coming fully. And if I were the Jets, for example, I'd be a little wary if I'm making a trade for Aaron Rodgers. I can't get it out of my head right now. Recency bias. Matt Ryan talking on the CBS pregame show. The modern NFL quarterback. The modern NFL quarterback. You need your legs. You need mobility. We in Chicago understand all of that. Watch Jalen Hurts. Watch Joe Burrow. Your legs matter. Your arm does too, but you have to be able to move. These guys can't move. So I do wonder if that what's going to come next, and I would just be buyer beware for whoever ends up with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Don't usually like to answer a question with a question, but uh, this was a point of contention yesterday during this uh, very segment of the show. So David had said that the Jets are a quarterback away, and he just mentioned uh, the Jets and uh, and Mr. Aaron Rodgers in the same sentence. So Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback that they need to get them to the next level? I think it's a question worth asking and addressing, and it might they, they might be. So the other they destinations were the Titans – the Colts, and the Raiders. I have such Aaron Rodgers fatigue. Aaron Rodgers hasn't done anything near what Tom Brady has done. Aaron Rodgers has how many Super Bowl rings? He has one. He has how many trips to the Super Bowl? One. One. One, yeah. Okay, Rex so Grossman has a trip to the Super Bowl. <laughs> So Aaron Rodgers doesn't deserve our questioning and wondering like, I guess, uh, Tom Brady does. I, I get it locally because he's been a pain in our backside for so long. But he, he, he's you know, not even, you know, this is like talking like Jordan LeBron, okay? Like, I mean, again, Aaron Rodgers sits in the cry room. Tom Brady sits in the front row behind Michael Jordan. So he's 1A. I, I mean, Tom's next stop should be the Fox booth, frankly. I, I mean, Tom looked... As old as, as his age in the in the end of the year, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is washed yet. I think he still could have a year or two. I think it's different between the two of them. There's a how old is it? Is it six or seven years? I mean, that's a long time. What amuses me about Rodgers is when asked about his future, he again brought up Jordan Love and basically said that the Packers had drafted his replacement. And if it wasn't for his his COVID MVPs, as he termed it, uh, they would have tried to replace him already and that they have a belief in the organization that it's better to replace a guy a year early than a year late. And uh, 
I thought that was interesting. He's still harboring that resentment toward them over Jordan Love. It is unbelievable that this guy can't let it go. But nonetheless, I I think the most disturbing thing I heard yesterday is that Indy is, uh, is eyeballing him. And if that's the case, that means they're not trading up with the Bears. So Aaron Rodgers is gonna is gonna you know mess the the uh, punch bowl yet again for the Bears. He's gonna ruin the party yet again. Um, I, I, uh, I the guy is making sixty million next year, whatever fifty nine. So he was he's talked about having to rework his deal. That was probably the most interesting thing. He he is holding the cards. He is holding the Packers for hostage, and it's kind of fun to watch. And he's been doing it for a few years now. So he's really kind of sticking into this thing under the guise of navel-gazing. He just has this – God, the guy it's, – it's, I think if he wasn't good enough, it would be easy to laugh at the idea. But those two guys aren't in the same conversation because the one guy's significantly younger and still has time left. It is annoying. It is Aaron Rodgers. But I also wonder if he talks like a guy, Molly, that knows something. He talks about Jordan Love, yeah. and he talks about like the Packers' willingness to move on. This seems like he's talking in a way that's couching everything and preparing people because he knows maybe the Packers are tired of him as well. Who isn't? But that doesn't mean he can't play. <laughs> it would be fun if we could be done with him. But I, I don't think this is – I, I mean, I get it. They've gone to the well a lot in Indy, but, you know, this is a different level going to the well, in my opinion. So we'll see. If he can follow it up for the Bears, he'll do it. That's the way I look at the guy. Just seen it happen far too many times. All right, we've, uh, we've gonna, we're going to get to your calls. we got Joe O. We're going to talk to Joe next. We'll find out what's going on with that line in the AFC Championship game and how he reads it. Mully and Hall on the score. Money, 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 money. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, always fun to talk to our friend Joe Ostrowski. And Joe joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Joe, good morning. How are you? Hey, guys. Some context for how close this is entering championship weekend. For the first time in 45 years, the favorite to win the Super Bowl is longer than 2-1. to one. Both games, the point spread's inside of three, but BetMGM, it's Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Now co-favorites to win the Super Bowl hmm. at plus 240, Kansas City plus 300, San Francisco plus 350. We can't even say there's a long shot at this point. Joe, how do you explain what's going on with the Bengals and Chiefs and why that line shifted the way that it did okay so uh right now it is cincinnati favored by one and a half there's a few different things going on of, of course it all involves mahomes but the initial movement that we saw on sunday i mean this thing was kansas city minus three at some offshore places not not everybody had this and it immediately came down to one the favorite flipped the other day the initial movement that we saw was clearly a reaction to what Tony Romo was saying on TV. 
because after Saturday night, there was this assumption, oh, Mahomes played. He played against Jacksonville. He's going to be fine. Of course he's going to be out there another week, another week of rest. And then you start hearing more details about the high ankle sprain. When Romo said it's a huge challenge, that there's a chance he won't even play next week. Hey, I dealt with this, guys. Then all of a sudden there was some big line movement over the week, over the weekend. And I, the way I view it is if Mahomes is healthy at home here in this spot, it's Kansas City minus four. But it's Cincinnati minus one and a half right now. Yes, some of it is uh, a reaction to what the Bengals did. They go out there to Buffalo and they win and they dominate as six-point underdogs. But the line is telling us it is most likely going to be Henny. And if it is, it's probably Cincinnati minus three, minus three and a half. So the line has moved four and a half points, but the total hasn't moved, right? I mean, that's the thing that I'm trying to figure out. It is normally if the line's shifting, then the number of points scored would shift, but it really hasn't, has it? No, not not a ton. It is upper 40s. The totals throughout the playoffs have been pretty interesting because in the wild card round, the overs go 5-0. and and they should have gone 6-0, and but Maher missed a bunch of extra points. So then it goes under. That was the only one of the week. And then you get what? An overreact. Oh, overs went crazy. That's going to happen again. Now we get the really good offenses. Kansas City and Philadelphia involved this weekend. Let's stay with the overs. What happened, guys? Unders go 4-0. and <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I mean, that, that's how this uh, gambling game works. I, I, I think it's going to be Mahomes. Obviously, we're not going to get 100% Mahomes, but yeah, the total has just budged a little bit, Molly, 48 to 47. Not a huge move, but that 47 number, it might be stuck there because that is viewed as, quote, one of the key numbers in totals. What do you think the best bet is in the NFC game? (sighs) Eagles. Eagles. I like the Eagles a lot, as long as you're getting them inside of a field goal. The big question last week is how healthy was Hurts going to be? He looked just fine to, to me. I've, I mean, it was that Bears game. That's how long ago it's been, so the shoulder is getting in uh, better shape. Man, we hit that one at Boston Scott, too. That that one got home with a touchdown. People were thrilled. Uh, Purdy, all of a sudden, did not look as effective once he faced a defense that could put on some pressure, and the Eagles can do that as well. They had 70 sacks this year, guys. That is third most in NFL history. 84 Bears, 72. Richard Dent, the real Bears record, 17 and a half sacks that year. Um, So I I, I expect the Eagles uh, to be victorious and make the Super Bowl. This segment with Joe Ostrowski brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. And Joe... um, I guess if you watched the first half of the Bulls game, you got online and you uh, bet the Bulls in the playoffs. And then the second (laughs) half, you got back online and you covered that bet by betting them out of the playoffs. What the, what's going on with the Bulls? Yeah, they're the 10 seed at the moment. Uh, the last couple of nights, uh, they're playing teams that are in the mix for the play in tournament as well. And you know, what I find interesting was, is the third quarter. For the much of the season, they have played well. They've covered that third quarter line. Coming out of the second half, they've been pretty strong. Last two games, they have been outscored by 18 points in the third quarter. So something to monitor. Right now, minus 223 to miss the playoffs. That's saying 69% chance the Bulls don't make it. Quickly, Joe, Aaron Rodgers, next uh, destination. We were talking about it during the extra point. What do you think um, is – where is he headed? 
Yeah, I, I think he's staying put. He's still the favorite to remain in Green Bay at minus 125. Uh, the Jets story is funny because the Jets are involved with every quarterback, according to the odds. So the Jets are the second favorite for <laughs> Rodgers at plus 250. They are the favorite to get Derek Carr. They are the favorite to get Lamar Jackson as well if he goes somewhere else. So that's interesting. And uh, every time I scroll to the next head coach, I have to uh, laugh because right now the favorite to be the Indianapolis Colts head coach is one Jeff Saturday. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Come on. <laughs> oh, boy. If there's one team, maybe with yeah, the owner. Yeah. Comes in. It's the only job he's favorited in. Uh, <laughs> great stuff, Joe. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Thanks Joe. guys. Enjoy. That is Joe Ostrowski. It's wild. That that line is really wild with uh, the AFC Championship game. It's just going what did he say, four and a half points? Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. It probably isn't done moving just based on right. the uncertainty right. surrounding Mahomes. And um, the Aaron Rodgers' next destination is also interesting. The fact that the Jets are favorite for several different quarterbacks just reinforces what I said yesterday at this time as Dustin mocked me. They are a quarterback away. <laughs> Everybody thinks it, right? Oh, that's so great. Vegas tells you. That's right. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.